Hello, and welcome to the Dad and Buried podcast. I am your host, Mike, a.k.a. Dad and Buried. And guess who's back this week? My man, your Pete. co-host. My co-host, as opposed Good to my old me, Pete. Let's Pete, hear everybody. Let's hear it for Mom and Barry, who did a great job filling in. Got a great response Amazing. to the fans. Um, she is certainly going to uh, make appearances um, in, in segments, and if not, as a guest host in the future. Sometimes also in malls. Be, She's going to be in malls. Be, sometimes it might just be Pete and, and Heather hosting. Oh, if I'm not around. Yeah. My dead body. The, the, my name is on the title. Well, maybe that's actually how we'll be doing the podcast. Where did my, where did Dad and Barry go? Yeah. We don't know. He's we dead. don't know. Um, and Barry has no idea where she, where he went. Um, so you were traveling all over the world, um, yeah. mostly, I believe, Maine. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, all over the world, all over the in the northeast of the United States, folks. The safe, aka the safe zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <this> <laughs> where the barbed wire is as thick. As the accents, so the accents are pretty good. Uh, yep, right. That's what they say in Maine. Yep, right. Yep. They, you yep. know what they call it? Down east. Down east. Yeah. yeah. How oh, about up weird. east? Right. How about up yours? Which is what they say in our neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and in Boston. Yeah. 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 Um, well, it is. It's nice to have you back. It's nice to see your um your bizarre choice of shirt as usual. Yep. What's that one? Eh, don't worry about it. It's a little couple, like little Hawaiian pineapple. You'll I'm see it uh, if you go to YouTube. Everyone, oh, you'll just see how it's the pineapple okay. one. Yeah, I feel like the pineapple shirt should be like orange or yellow or something. Yeah, I guess if you're like maybe in your seventies and you're just giving up all hope, sure. Maybe if but you're a this big is, fat party animal. What's that? Maybe if you're a big fat party animal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what? That's what I'm aspiring to. So baby steps. I'm well, get it's there. funny. So when we got on the recording, you noticed that I was drinking wine instead of beer, and you thought it was because I am so classy. But in reality, it's because um, my beer belly is getting bigger by the day, and uh, I'm gonna I'm trying a little bit to uh, slow down the quarantine, as I like to call it. What are they? What do people call it? The corn, the corn fifteen, the freshman fifteen. Oh yeah, okay. Right. So um, I've certainly gained that. Um, not a lot of cardio going on around here. A lot of uh, drinking elbow. So yeah. uh, yesterday I didn't have any beer uh, and today I didn't either. So that's uh, about a day and a half. Hey, listen, Mike, things are looking up, up and up for there's us no here. Way to go but up. Yeah, there's really nowhere to go except for well, let's hope there's nowhere to go besides up because we're pretty far down right Wait, on the bottom. Are you talking about us as a podcast, us as friends, us as a country? The whole shebang, Mike. You just nailed it. We're talking about everything. Everything's down. I had to. Um, so I am the commissioner of um, of a fantasy football league that's been running for about twenty years. And like my the emails to like kick off this season were like, so like I guess sort of like the NFL thinks they're playing. Like if they do, do you guys want to? <laughs> like everyone's kind of like, yeah, sure. And, like, usually it's an issue to find, like, a draft date, you know. And over the past couple of years, it hasn't even been a party. It's just been us on Zoom or whatever right. anyway. And then one of my friends responded. He's like, well, no one has any plans at any point. Uh, so it shouldn't be an issue getting together online for our, right. for our draft in September. Um, the, the fun fact, the season starts the day after my birthday this year. That's not a fun fact, actually. So it's just a fact. It's just a normal fact you that don't happens. think it's fun it's birthday um, the fun. day after 
if it was the day of, that would be fun. That the day happened. after, it's sort of more like a, ah, uh, like sort of a meh fact. Well, it, it, my, it has started on my birthday a, a lot. Um, my birthday being in the beginning. Well, you know what? Let's do a go back in time we and let's do a podcast on the, that. And that would be a fun fact. I thought you were going to say, let's run through every NFL opener and see how close it was to my birthday. Yeah. Um, that, that would be fun. That would be a good time. When I was a kid, the new season of He-Man started on my birthday, and I remember being excited about that. The new season? Yeah. Do you, do you remember seasons as, ki- as a kid? I don't I, remember. It's, it's funny you should say that, especially when it comes to cartoons. It was more like... Um, okay, here we go, the, folks. It was, this like, is it was a deep insight air. into Mike's... Off the air for a couple of months, or maybe for the summer or something, and like maybe I saw something like new episodes starting September 9th or whatever, because that's my birthday. If anybody's listening, September 9th. I'm 31. Listen, yeah, okay, we get it. That's how we many pounds it. I've gained from beer over the <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's a lot closer to the pounds I've gained than it is to my actual age. Nice. That's a sad fact. Um, so it's funny we should be talking about TV. That was a total accident because today we're going to be talking about the best TV dads. And uh, I asked people on Instagram what their favorites were. I got a whole list to run through. Yeah. And my favorite part of this whole thing is going to be that you have seen maybe like three of these programs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but actually, whose idea was it for this topic? It was. And when I told my wife it was your idea, she was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, here's, here's where I'm coming from. Dad's been portrayed for a long time. Yeah, England, straight from England. That's where I was coming from. I forgot. Thank you. No, the point is, is that the, you know, dad, how are dads portrayed in media? And it's gone from, you know, we're going to, we're going to cover it, but I I think it's, uh, it's evolved heavily. uh, And uh, now it's us. It's up to, it's, look at us. Just a couple of dudes. It's interesting you should say that because. I want to hear what you think the trajectory or the evolution of dads on TV is. Um, and I do think that the uh, the winner of the, the most votes in our best dad TV poll wasn't really a poll. So I didn't put up a list. I just told people to suggest their favorites and who they right. thought were the best. Um, and there was a clear winner. Yeah. Um, we're gonna and we're going to we're going to talk about that at the end. Right. I, yeah. At the yeah. end. We're going to run through a whole bunch of them and then we'll then we'll talk, talk about who the winners were or the top five or so. Um, but I'm very curious to see uh, what you think, especially as somebody who's, you know what, you don't really care that much about being a dad or about how dads are portrayed in the media. Like I'm in the dad blogger sphere. Okay? Oh, my God. Kinda, and what a sphere it is. It's, it's, it's just nothing sphere. but champagne and caviar dreams. There, <laughs> there are a lot of dads in there who are very sensitive to the way dads are portrayed in television shows and movies and commercials and that kind of thing. And there has been a movement um by a bunch of those dads and and dads who have clout with some different brands and stuff to to have that image uh improved um we're gonna see what you think the trajectory or the evolution of of the dad image on television has been and then we're gonna see if it's borne out uh through the choices of our of our winners i um little off topic but it's in the same vein i saw um Something on the internet that I spent two seconds looking at, but it was <laughs> in Sweden. I think Pampers or one of the big one of the big diaper brands. I don't know if it was Pampers, but one of the big diaper brands uh, big diaper. on the on the packaging was a dad. <gasps> oh yeah, Rogers so it's happening. Made. It's happening, it's, everybody. It's twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty. 
we're gonna COVID, find out, hashtag um, COVID nineteen hashtag dad packaging dad, dad diaper packaging yeah I don't know package. look hashtag are you are you happy that I'm back with I my I, I with it. my amazing comments in the pineapple my, shirt and the pineapple shirt I love it. So obviously dads are making progress in the diaper aisle uh, and we're going to find out after this how much progress they're making on, on our on our airwaves, on our streams. I don't even have cable anymore, do you? No, of course not. Come all on. streams Great. all the time, bitch. See you right, right after this. All right, we're back, and we're going to be talking about the best TV dads. Um, but before we get into that, I want to point out once again Pete's pineapple shirt. Um, and I want to thank the Patreons and the, the people who have been giving us a little bit of money. Because how do you think Pete affords these, these yeah, pineapple shirts? These amazing things that, that you can see on episodes 25, yeah. 30, <laughs> 37, 36. Yeah, Bro, I I've worn this shirt almost every week during quarantine, I think. You know what? You it's weird. You, we don't have smell of vision over the internet, but I can I can get I can get it. I'm I'm looking at it. You have a t-shirt underneath your t-shirt? No, I would never do that. Oh, okay. It's oh, it's a ring. Oh. What do you mean? Classy. It's a little it's a I can't remember what they're called. Uh, ribbed for her <laughs> for your pleasure. <laughs> I've had this shirt since I lived in Boston and I haven't lived in Boston since 2007. Mm. Since I what lived a, in Southie, I think. So that's like 2003. What a wonderful history and what a wonderful shirt. Bloomingdale. Should we do this podcast or should, are there any Bloomingdale. other pieces of clothing that you Let's have? Let's do the podcast. Before we do, uh, obviously, you can listen to this on Apple and Spotify and just Google the Danbury Podcast anywhere you want to listen to it. You can hear us. Um, you can leave comments on YouTube. You can see the shirts we're wearing on YouTube. Um, and obviously, if you want, if you if, if you want, you can leave us a rating and a review on Apple. We would love that. Um, or you can throw us a little bit of cash, so so you can keep Pete in his pineapple shirts. I'm gonna run through really quickly the list of people who have been kind enough to throw us some cash. Ryan Miller and MS buy and do so via Anchor, and everybody else goes through Patreon. With that's check your kids at the door. Chris Coleman, M. Cedeno, Mallory McKenzie, Tina Davis, and Miriam. Uh, we got the new guy, Rob Gilberry. Thank you for joining us, Rob. Lindsay Woodruff, Andrea Sandoval, Barbara Geiger, Bill D'Amica, Dana Bothe, Jacques Bovar, Morning Glow, Cotton Farmer AZ, Wes Clark, Jennifer Wynn, Julie McCarthy, Paul Opolsky, Paul Opolsky. I wonder if they're having the CFL this, this fall. Uh, Mary Williams and Julie Burton. He's never going to escape the CFL thing. You know what? And he probably is going to escape it because he's probably going to be at the game watching it with uh, with all the Canadians who are doing a great job of containing this uh, horrible they pandemic and, and staving off all the American citizens trying to vacation in the beautiful land of Canada. Vacation? You mean just completely defect and move there? Is it defecting if you just it's, it has nothing to do with communism or escaping a regime? You're just well, you know what? I think it depends. Regime, I think it depends what decade you're in. If you're in sort of the you know let's say the 50s through the 90s, it was defecting. If you're in 2020 and you're in the situation you're in, it's all defecting. Yeah, I want to yeah. defect. Just common sense. If yeah. It's I hope we get a lot of comments saying, if you don't make it leave. Yeah. What are you talking about? Get to, stick to dad parenting, even though our kids are going back to school and everyone's going to really get sick in a major <laughs> yeah, way. 
It's just stick to idea. dad parenting. It's Don't worry idea. about this. Don't worry about what else goes on in the world. Just stick so, to your... It's funny you mentioned it depends on what decade you're in. Because when I went, when we're talking about best TV dads. When I put on Instagram, I just said, hey, you know, shoot me over your list of three to five best TV dads. If you want to say why, go for it. A lot of these are kind of self-explanatory. Um, and I think some of the results speak to the age of most of our listeners. Um, as you'll see, uh, we're going to go, we're going to start in the 70s. Actually, we're going to start a little bit before the 70s really briefly because we do have Texas Margaret, one of our older listeners, not going to out her age. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. But I do know that she listed um, as her favorite TV dads, um, Andy Griffith, whose name may be Andy Taylor, I think, on the Andy Griffith Show, um, and the dad from The Waltons. Um, and someone mentioned Wait, the dad from my it, three sons. Yeah, was that the first? I feel like wasn't it like Leave It to Beaver dad? Like who was the Leave It to Beaver dad? Um, Ward Cleaver. Right. God, my God, how do you not Everyone start knows, an episode well, with Ward Cleaver? Father knows best. I think was even before that. Well, what was that guy's name? Greg father. with three G's. It was father. Greg with three <laughs> yeah, father. So what's funny is you mentioned, um, you know, the way dads have been portrayed. Father Knows Best is a pretty clear indication of how dads were portrayed. Oh, my God. Revered. You know what? It's Is it too late to invent a time machine just to go back? To, can you imagine what it would be like going be back? Respected and like by your family? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, did you just pick up your toys and actually put them away? What What is happening? That's so, amazing. So... On something like that, or on even something like the Brady Bunch, and a couple of people did mention Mike Brady, um, or something like the Waltons, right? These are all not just idealized versions of dads. They're kind of idealized versions of like, and very sanitized versions of family life. Um, I, I was born in the mid-70s, right? So I can't speak to what it was like to live in a house with three very lovely girls and the three boys who are just like their father and the Brady Bunch. But I'm pretty sure it was nothing like it was portrayed yeah. on the Brady Bunch. Right? Yeah, because, well, mainly there wasn't a clarinet in the house to ruin everything. You know just what? constantly, oh, my God, is Mike on the clarinet again? Oh, my God. Stop pretending. Uh, is murder an option? Or when I bust out the clarinet, stop pretending. Well, but okay, so... Nobody let's start. Let's start. Let's go in order. Let's let's keep this. Let's keep a little bit of continuity for. Let's just switch it up a little bit on this podcast and keep a little bit of continuity okay. and start early on. Well, we named those old fashioned ones, okay. which I think is a load of BS. Um, and I think you're gonna get. Well, a why is it a load of BS? All right, let's talk about it. So how, saying, how, I just think I just think TV back then um, was was just idealized fantasy versions of things, and right. I don't think if you actually lived during that time. Um, you lived the the bucolic family life of the Beavers, um, where the biggest threat was what's what was it? Eddie Haskell coming around Bonnet. and kissing your ass. The war. It was the fifties. The there assassination. Was no of, okay. Oh, we ignored no, all that stuff. No, that's when the that's when it took place. I don't think that's actually when it was when... the Cold War, but it was also boom times. Yeah, it was boom times. Those are the best times. But, but I'm just saying, I, the Waltons I, wasn't real. Nobody lived like the Waltons. I actually think the Waltons was later. Late, Wal Late Waltons is 70s, I We've done <laughs> zero, absolutely zero research. <laughs> no, the Waltons was the 70s. Was what a pack boy. of, what a couple of wankers. Richard are. Thomas was, uh, was on The Americans for a couple seasons. Great show, by the way. It was a very realistic depiction of a 
the Cold War and what it's like to live in a sham of a marriage. Well, what's what's who, who's uh, who's the guy with the who was in it? Richard Thomas. Oh. Yeah, Richard Thomas. But he, he, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> very politically correct. Very, yeah, um, but but it was the dad though was the older gentleman. Yes. In fact, there was like two. There was like grandpa as well who like had this whole family within the wall. Speaking of grandpas, when I was a kid, I also watched Our House in the eighties with Wilfred Brimley. As the patriarch, even though he was the grandpa, okay. rest in peace, Wolfram yeah. Brimley died uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, so those were kind of BS versions of, you know, this is a fairy tale versions of what life was like. And then you had this guy was only mentioned once because I don't know that anybody would really call him the best dad. Um, but pretty real is uh, Archie Bunker. Okay. So here we go. Now, now we have. Are, so we've gone through sort of different strata of different kinds of dads. We've had the, the war. You know what's his name? The um, not Bert Ward. What, who's the Leave It the Beaver? Dad? Ward Cleaver. Ward Cleaver. Right, right, right. The Ward Cleaver types, <clears throat> and then comes Archie Bunker, who just level sets. Like yeah. now, it's our first taste of like, oh wait, this Real life. is yeah okay. Yeah. This is my what, dad's a racist. I recognize yeah. this. Um, yeah, but. He's a cuddly racist. But He's a he racist. is a cuddly, right. He learns to change. But the show confronted real issues. Um, right. It wasn't just about BS like the Brady Bunch, like Cindy's allergic to the dog and that kind of shit. It was real hardcore social issues. Norman Lear, that's one of the things he was known for with his programs. And then you go into the 80s and you get a little bit more of that. And this, I was very disappointed that I think there was only one reference to uh, Stephen Keaton from Family Ties. Alex P. Keaton, the hippie dad of he his He was a good son. dad. Yeah. He was a good dad. And Very that was actually a, a really good sort of construct to have two sort of super liberal parents. Baby boomer hippies. Yeah, and, and then have this this alpha type super Reaganite Reagan, yuppie. Reaganite yeah. yuppie. Yeah, that was great. And was he actually... was the star of the show. And everyone loved him the most in the 80s. Like Everybody loved Michael J. Fox. He was a huge star. He had family ties. He had Back to the Future. Yeah. He had The Secret of My Success. Have you seen that recently? It's oh, my terrible. God. Have you seen Teen Wolf? So good. Doesn't make any sense, Teen what Wolf, a... in a million different ways. Yeah. He's like there three was... feet tall, that dude. He's Duncan. Oh, wait. Secret of My Success, Teen Wolf. There was a couple, couple other ones. But There's I a can't... ton. There's a ton. He had a, he had a he had Light of Day. He had Casualties of War. Oh, he Casualties had a Bright of Lights War. Big City, where he's a coke job. Yeah. That's when that's when it started to go a bit wrong. Yeah. Anyway, he's not the dad. Why are we talking about him? Stephen Keaton, very mild-mannered, tolerated his, his yuppie son. Right. Um, he and his wife, his wife was Elise. An interesting name. Meredith so what are we Bernie. what are we taking away? Like what are the things that we can that are interesting that are coming along? Like I think what was as we as you said earlier, like the initial archetype of the family unit was father's knows best, this war yeah. cleaver type, where it was like, oh son, you know, reading the newspaper, not really being involved, this, that, and the other. Then you get to the seventies, where Archie Bunker, you know, he's <laughs> a tired, exhaust, you know, he's just like, racist. you know, he's a big racist. And he but but the, eighty, even when he was like forty. Yeah, right. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm going that way myself. That's but my... his kids were grown, right? He didn't even his kids didn't even right. live with them, right? Meathead and they were just right. married and they, they were grown. So that was a little bit of a different dynamic. So I think but that was the first time that we really saw like, okay, so you know, that sort of that family structure tied to the patriarch of the family 
kind of shifted a little bit, right? It wasn't like, actually, it wasn't Father Knows Best. His father is like, needs to get his head out of his butt, right? He like, needs to learn. Yeah, yeah he needs kids to figure are going to teach right? him. Yeah. yeah. And then in the 80s, the kids take center stage. You, you Yeah, exactly. You kind of see this this shift over to the to the kids more, right? With, uh, uh, yeah, again, well, with Stephen Keating. It depends. So Stephen Keaton, and, and I think that Family Ties doesn't get, I, I'd be shocked if there were many people who were, under 30 who had any idea what family ties is right like maybe they know michael j fox they certainly probably don't have any idea who the dad was or anything like that it's just not it hasn't lingered right in the consciousness mallory watching it mallory (laughs) (laughs) um so another favorite this guy again only got mentioned once uh mr drummond oh my god the rich park avenue dad who adopts a couple of uh young black kids because he was good friends with or his dad worked for him and then his dad passed and he took the kids under his wing and it was a fish out of water kind of thing first of all single dad not a wife in sight not a a housekeeper mrs garrett and uh well oh yeah right but still not a wife the mrs garrett was a was sort of like a very much a secondary character hashtag me too why I guarantee you, if you were to talk to Mrs. Garrett now, she would have some less than flattering things to say about Philip <laughs> okay, Drummond. fair enough. But, well, I don't know if that's even fair enough. But the point is, is that he, he wasn't married, at least not in the show. Nope. And it was just this. He got married on the show. He gets married uh, and they bring this... Sam into the fold and Sam gets kidnapped in just an amazing. Oh, Sam, the little, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, because. The redhead. Yeah, the little redheaded kid because the uh, the cause, because Gary um, Coleman has now is now no, was 40. no longer super cute because <laughs> he was like thirty two at the but time. But I will say, in like the first season of that show, Gary Coleman was unbelievably cute. Little he Gary Coleman rocked the scene. Let's not forget how good. Um, and again, the the level of research on this was phenomenal. His <laughs> older brother, Todd Bridges. Todd Bridges Willis. was. He was Todd great. Bridges and Dana Plato, who played Willis and Kimberly, both uh, had some drug problems and some problems with the law. Yeah, but um, not on the show. Not on the show. Of course not. Of course not. That was good. Um, Man, that was a great. And the theme tune. God. Oh, my God. Don't make me sing it. And the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might ah. be right for you? May not be right for some. A man is born. <laughs> He's a man of means. Then oh. along come two. And it's bursting at the scenes. They got different strokes. We got yeah. All right. So so stop. now now you have you have the scenario where a dad is raising these kids. Now it wasn't quite really about the dad. Well, yeah, there, there's no arc. So Mr. Drummond, there's no arc with Mr. Drummond, right? With Philip Drummond, he's well, just he gets amnesia. He's a he gets amnesia before a trip to Disney World in one episode, and that there's a lot of learning. That oh, happens. there's a lot of arc in that one episode <laughs> at Disneyland. Okay, cool. Thanks. They but don't make general, it because he gets amnesia. They don't make it to Disneyland. He doesn't remember who they are. Ooh, that's weird. Called amnesia. Never okay. heard of it? It's a he, high concept comedy that has really nothing to do with, with any realistic depiction of fatherhood. He lives on Park Avenue. They have a spiral staircase in their kitchen. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the best part about it is... It does if you live in a co-op, and that's the only place you can put a staircase because number one C <laughs> won't let you put a staircase where you it's, need to put it. It's funny you should mention that because there was another show in which a white uh, man adopts a diminutive black boy, and that was Webster. George Webster. Papadopoulos was the yes. dad, and he, he did not get mentioned. Nobody mentioned George Papadopoulos when I asked, 
Why not? He was he was a much more sort of gentle. Alex like he, Harris, former bear. Yeah, for, bear. he well, and I think that was part Maybe of his character, Ryan. right? He he was a former athlete, right, in the show as well. Yeah, former defensive. In the opening, in the I'm opening a... um, credits to the show, um, Webster Emmanuel Lewis grabs onto a collection of balloons and starts floating away because he's so tiny, and they have to they have to grab him. And then right. this, in the later seasons of the show, he lived in like a mansion with all sorts of secret passages when they move out of the city. It's oh, really my God. Bizarre. I feel like we have tapped in to like a main vein. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> the amount of knowledge just come like and not just like important knowledge, but just really unimportant trivial oh, knowledge of like but look, certain scenes of certain people who did something in the opening credits of a, of a TV show. That's where you excel, Mike. Well, it's you weird. Just, because Amazing. in the 80s, there were these two kind of strains, right? There was the the high concept premise that has no relation to reality, like Different Strokes and Webster and even Who's the Boss, where Tony Maselli moves in as a housekeeper. Was that the 80s or the 90s? Daughter. That was the 80s. Okay. And Angela is like an advertising executive who yeah. lives with her mom, Mona, who's like bawdy and has a wise-ass has a wise ass attitude. Yeah. And Alyssa Milano. And he just lives there and then ends up falling in love with Angela. It's just a terrible show. But um, but that's not that doesn't make it because it's not really about uh, a dad. Well, no, I mean, it's another Tony, high concept yeah. thing. Right. But there's a he's a dad. He becomes a father figure to uh, Jonathan. Um, oh, right. No, he, he's a dad to Alyssa Milano. Right. Yeah. He brings into the family. And right. then the other half of it was the show that who's the boss was paired with. So there was family ties. But the show that was on, I think, either right before or right after who's the boss was growing pains. With Jason Seaver, where he's a very kind of enlightened and evolved dad. He's a therapist. I never, ever, ever got into... I don't think I saw it a full episode. Growing Pains was my jam. It was my so, favorite. All I remember is it was so, like... Tepid. It was like the most mediocre show you've you must ever not, seen. You must not have flipped it on when the human dynamo, Mr. Charisma, Kirk Cameron. Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean Mr. Like end of the world Christian. That is now. Yeah. My favorite thing, because they did like behind the scenes. They used to do True Hollywood Stories. They did one about uh, growing pains. And there was a scene where <laughs> this once he converts and becomes an evangelical born again or whatever, while he's still on the show... He at one point calls the producers and accuses them of making pornography. And he's referring to Growing Pains, which is like the most wholesome sitcom on television um, with one of the best theme songs. Uh, I don't think so. But also it is that show for me defines just mediocre TV. It's so much better than Who's the Boss. Okay. Okay. No, it's nowhere near as good as um, family uh, ties. Not as good as family. Not ties. as good as family ties. Not as good as uh, as uh, who, um, Philip Drummond and yeah, you know. Oh my God! It's so much better than Different Strokes. If Different, different Strokes was on TV today, you would be like, "This is one of the worst things I've ever seen." Growing what are you Pink talking is at least about? Confident. It was okay. So it wasn't necessarily about a. It wasn't daily about the dad raising the kid. It was just more about. The kids getting up to trouble, but the context was was way better. Mike was way Steve better was and a way breakout more. star. And look, would Leonardo DiCaprio have shown up on Different Strokes? No, he was a late cast member on Growing Pains before he became a movie star. Oh, what was Silver Spoons? Silver Spoons. We forgot on, about Rich Schroeder. The dad on that didn't get mentioned either. 
The only yeah. thing anyone remembers about Silver Spoons is it was Rick Schroeder. He was friends with Carlton before he was Carlton. Right. And he had a train running through his house. Also, Jason Bateman was on that. Jason Bateman was Jason a friend, Bateman. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, actually, speaking of Jason Bateman, I loved uh, Hogan's Family. Which yeah, started out Hogan's with Valerie, and then Valerie really Harper, Harper didn't want to be on it anymore, so they killed her off, and Sandy Duncan moved in. Um, and there was an episode but, where they play pranks on each other, and Jason Bain pretends he shaved his head, and he's doing Mission Impossible. Dun, dun. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, but I'm having no. a fucking blast. Also, but Hogan's family was more about, <laughs> that was more matriarchal. Yeah, but the dad was, was Mr. Hogan, was Mike Hogan. He was yeah, a good but dad, like, but he was, like a, he was like an airline pilot, so he wasn't yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. Very. How convenient. So the two... The two biggest dads maybe most influential um from this era we got america dan, dan connor from roseanne who was oh well that's not america's dad but there was a very um realistic depiction of like a blue collar family yes. it seemed a lot more like a real life family yes. whether you had money or not the, the you know the darlene was sullen and snappy yeah. and yeah. right and, and it was a good show um until but, it a good show rest. it was awesome well it, it went off the rails so good and i'm not even talking about the not the recent version a couple I'm years talking, ago. no yeah but even still even even but when it came on i mean here you have like no one's good looking no one's like <laughs> healthy but you have this amazing dynamic and you have this amazing characters and you have this amazing sort of really solid not first of all the stories are great on all the episodes and but again the characters they're both it, what was so good about it was it was so ordinary but everyone was so sharp like yes. everyone was super quick very very sharp had a sense of where they are in the world and how they lived but also they like lo loved it that was they great loved, i love they it. loved each other they but loved each other but and I dan was a good he was a good dad oh, and he was such a good, good husband dad. but the show was called roseanne for <laughs> the mom true. was the star, right? That's true. Um, a show that wasn't called Roseanne and did not feature a mom as the star was The Cosby Show. Probably the America's biggest. America's dad. America's dad. And he still is. God, how? What so a... we're not going to get to the numbers um, until later, the top five. But um, Bill Cosby got some votes. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cliff Huxtable got some votes and i do want to separate it because cliff huxtable even though it's very weird that he was an obgyn who had an office in his basement oh, oh. very strange <laughs> <laughs> he did not commit any crimes that we know of um very entertaining show a couple of people mentioned um there's a famous episode where theo the teenage son really wants to kind of live out on his own and they're like all right well you know if you want to if you want to uh live like you're an adult you're gonna oh, find out and one day he comes back home the greatest and episode acting. that they're was the greatest acting. episode and rudy is like the the landlady, the landlady oh yeah. god that is she's so good. not taking any guff and if you don't have the rent you're getting out and they're giving they give him fake money and he has to spend it and all this stuff and he really learned a lot that day i not think we much. all learned but i gotta be honest i learned a lot i was probably right. what like 10 at that that episode probably. was so great it was classic. It was a classic episode. Um, again, you know, uh, Paul has been cast over the Cosby show for good reason. But again, Cliff Huxtable, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, yeah, he is. But the actor who portrayed, the actor who portrayed him, very, him, very guilty. Of, very guilty. Very <laughs> awful thing. Now, the 
I will say though, you can separate the character from the person. However, it was the person who really drove that character. In fact, yes. that person kind of invented and was the showrunner or was an ex- at least an executive Here's producer. Here's a question for you. The name of the show is The Cosby Show, but there's no Cosbys on the show. It's Correct. The Huxtable. Why that's... is it not The Huxtable Show? Because it's Bill Cosby. Well, so why that's don't they just Cosby. name the family The Cosbys? Because they didn't know what he was doing in that basement. <laughs> in the OBGYN God. basement. Well, okay. So this is, an, I want to pause here for a second. All right, so we've kind of gone through, we've kind of got like kind of undulated. So we started off at like Father Knows Best. We've, we went to Archie Bunker where the dad is like a bit of a doofus. And now you got to like redeem the dad and he kind of does that. A couple other dads, you have the real life of, of Dan Connor and Roseanne. You have, But the, these dads are all very involved, right? Even Dan Connor was involved in his kids' lives. Well, see, that's the thing, thing right? Sorry, like, Mr. Huxtable. Uh, and then you Jason Seaver all very involved well okay I would say they're involved but at a different level very much at a different level like most of these dads maybe with the exception of uh, I would say probably Dan Connors probably maybe Hawksball okay so Cliff where you're seeing them really kind of there for like all these different moments right as opposed to like just kind of coming in and being like sprinkling wisdom and then like buggering off right but there also is a large part of it starts to become that the dads are sort of comic relief and that's right. kind of what starts to happen in the 90s right the right. dads almost start to be like their kids they're another kid mm-hmm. even if they're the main character right right so, right so we're talking homer simpson right he is not i mean he loves his kids do it for her that famous moment and stuff but is he a good dad? No, he strangles his son almost every episode. Oh, right. <laughs> right. That's a good point. So now we so we've moved but... from the eighties, now we're into the nineties. Yes. Um we have Tim the... Taylor. Tim Taylor, signature nineties dad. Tim the Toolman Taylor, right. played by Tim Allen, who is um a home improvement expert, but also like a bumbling idiot who's constantly screwing up home improvement projects. Right. Um he's doing the uh, 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 uh. It's like a macho thing, although he's not macho in the slightest, so obviously it's sort of a commentary on that. I was not a home improvement it, it, fan. It was I, I, I wasn't really out. either. I thought it was I thought it was pretty clever. Um, but I I think it was a fairly smart show, but it, at the same time it was a little like it didn't quite fit. You know, he's a sort of fairly intellectual Midwest guy, but then he like refers to who can, who's kind of inept yes. at all the things that he wants to be good at. Exactly. Which didn't really make sense, but yeah, he's he supposed a, to be good at. Yeah. But 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 he has a show. But the show is based on the fact that he doesn't know anything. Yes, I don't. I didn't. I, Al, that part. Al, of, what's a guy? His Al Borland. was his sidekick, who is like um, more much more competent than he is, right? Right. At all the home improvement projects and all that stuff, but not as much charisma. Even though he ended up on the Price is Right or Sesame or Family Feud or something. Yeah, Sesame Family Feud, I think is right. Um, <laughs> so. But but also so with that um, but the the dad yeah so the dad we're seeing now in the nineties the dad is becoming more a little bit more sort of the the comic relief the, the he's a doofus the super the the doofus is a good word even so, Danny Tanner from Full House which for my money is one of the worst sitcoms slash television shows ever made it is just inept and incompetent and just terrible and everybody stinks and the jokes are hack city. Cut it out, all that stuff. It's it's also high concept where he's a widower and he, his two best friends, one of whom is like 
uh, a vain DJ wannabe rock star. The other does like voices for cartoons and is just a complete idiot. Um, they all live together and then raise. Why would he want his friends to help raise his daughters? It doesn't make any sense. Would you want me to help raise your daughters? Look, they they scored a lucrative TV deal. So that's, I think, why it happened you're, that way. You're saying in real life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's all Obviously, it's another show where uh, a Paul has been cast over some of the participants. Lori Laughlin, who ends up being uh, Uncle Jesse's wife oh, later on, yeah. has been uh, in trouble with the law for being oh, a poor parent. Well, or there we parent. go. I mean, in, in, look at it. In, and exposing one of uh, our our higher education's biggest problems. But Danny just... Tanner, yeah, yeah, white parents, one of the biggest problems. Danny Tanner, um, he knew he wasn't up for the task, and he knew he needed help. Um, and he wasn't a huge doofus because other people were comic relief because there really weren't there weren't any jokes on this show. Everyone, everyone on that show is a doofus. It's just Ask there's everyone. It's everyone. Yeah, There's everyone's... no relation to real life whatsoever in that show. The funniest person is the toddler, which I guess is maybe sort of relevant, sort of like real life. <laughs> what did she say? Stephanie? Is it? No. What was her name? The the Olsen twins? Oh, yeah. The Stephanie? Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle, yeah. What you talking about, dude? No, that was different strokes. You got it, dude. That's the kind of stuff. It's terrible. It's like poochie. <laughs> just your mind is a vault. Just pulling so, I'm, so, I'm actually like absolutely impressed right now with the well, amount of we're about to leave. We're about to leave the uh, the doofus dad era. But before well, hold, we do, well, hold, well, well, wait, before we do we, yeah, go ahead. Before we do, I want to talk about Al Bundy. Oh yes, He's kind of like Archie Bunker combined with the doofus dad kind of thing. Where like, yeah. no one. The joke is that he no one that respects he exists. Him. So this He's is a, a good shoe one. Salesman. This this he waste. First of all. His 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 character arc is he peaked in high school when he yes. scored two touchdowns yes. in one game. One game, yeah. And everything since that time has been downhill. Um, and he is this shoe salesman. He has these kids. It's just he, nothing. He, good. he doesn't respect his kids. They don't respect him. He, he, no one respects him. Doesn't anybody. like his wife, even though she seems to she, worship him. And she's she's. Very attractive. I was like, yeah. "Why am I finding this woman very attractive?" Katie with Zagal's. the ridiculous hair. Yeah, even though she had crazy hair, I was like, yeah. "She's hot." Um, but I don't know why. And he was just. She was always coming on to him. And I think the funniest part was that he just didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. No, and he put his hand halfway down. Yeah, his and that like, was a big thing. It actually, it's actually quite comfortable, which I didn't realize <laughs> until until a few years ago. But it is yeah. quite comfortable. Um, I'll never forget on like the Simpsons, they did a quick spoof of it where they were making fun of like Fox Network, even though Simpsons itself was on Fox, where like they showed somebody flipping the channels and he was on, and then you just hear he flushes a toilet and everybody starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the joke was one of the first shows Fox had, and the joke was that it was just pure lowbrow, oh, right. trashy right. humor, where it was like Roseanne family, but with no respectability at all, well, just a blue collar family that. So I did watch Married with Children. I did think it ha it was I think it leaned so heavily into that low brow just really that it was there were some clever moments in well, it. Well, I that think was, it meant to be like they were in on the joke. The yeah, audience exactly. wasn't necessarily in on the joke, right? Yeah, exactly. Um and then before but again before we leave the uh the 90s I think um 
two African-American dads got a lot of notice. Carl Winslow from Family Matters, which I never watched. I um, he I was a cop. Yeah. Uh, he, Reg, Reginald Val Johnson, Val Johnson is a cop on this show. He was a cop in Ghostbusters. He's a cop in <laughs> yeah, Die Hard right. and Die Hard 2. Die Hard. He always plays a cop. He's a cop in Turner and Hooch. Um, great, great actor. Great guy to have around. Um, I didn't watch the show, so I don't know how good of a dad he was, but I know that there are some very special episodes like they used to do in the 80s and 90s where he confronted racism and that kind of stuff. Well, um, people really liked him. Well, again, it wasn't quite... Uh... So I, I don't think fam- I didn't I, I couldn't get into Family Matters because I I couldn't. We're stand too Urkel. old. At this well, point. no, Urkel was the, the worst. Oh yeah, obviously. All of everything. It was just so, Gucci, yeah. Did, did I do that? Like that yeah, was so dumb. Dad. It was so dumb, and unfortunately, well, but I'll say that the the whole premise of that show was just how, like, just that one catchphrase from yeah. Urkel. Like, well, just I was all it. Yeah, it, yeah. it didn't it didn't have anything really to do with the fact that the dad was even there. I don't think that was how the show was initially intended to go. And that just kind of happens on sitcoms. Sometimes the catchphrase takes over and then that idiot became the focus of the show. Um, another high concept show in the nineties was uh, fresh Prince of Bel Air. Lots, oh, yeah. lots of boats for uncle Phil who, uh, uncle who Phil. years ago. Um, so you know, there's, there's few clips that I see float around from sitcoms on social media more than yeah. the scene with Will Smith and Uncle Phil, where Will is sad because his dad um, comes around and then leaves. I think it's ben, is Ben Vereen his dad? Can't remember. I don't think it is. Somebody else comes around and then leaves, and he's like, "Why doesn't he want me?" And Uncle Phil gives him a hug. Again, this was a kid from the East Coast, um, an oh, urban setting, God. comes to Bel Air, Beverly Hills. I mean, lives with a well-to-do, a very rich family. I think Uncle Phil's a, a, a lawyer. Yeah. Who or a judge. A, a judge. Is he a judge? judge yeah. He already has a couple of kids of his own, and he takes Will under his wing, and they had a very nice relationship. It's funny that one of the guys who got the most votes on this for Best TV Dad is actually Uncle Phil. Yeah, yeah. But he was a dad, and he was a father figure. Well, here, here, okay, so here's what's so interesting is that um, – you know, we have two, like, um, you know, again, going back to, to the Cosby show, like, in the 80s, to have a black dad who, do, you know, says and does all the things, and you just, as, as a kid growing up in Europe, but at this, you know, with American parents, white, like, you just completely, you were there. Like, that was my dad, right? Like, that was who I looked up to. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't my, it like wasn't you, my right? dad. My dad is... Um, <laughs> not uh african-american um but but i'm just saying like i guess what i think is interesting is that uh you had these really good strong dad characters like or you know role models if you will well they were the stars Um, of these shows right well yeah but not necessarily uncle phil but but they but they also kind of you know it it um i think that is really you know we just talked about all the all the doofuses Yes. Um, in this list of the '90s, and of course, you may, you 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 mention Uncle Phil, and everyone has the same reaction, which is he was the best. Yeah. You know, like he was a dad that I wish I had. You know what I mean? Like he, he wasn't was, a doofus. Very no, he kind. wasn't a dof- doofus. Yeah. Stern, but but wise, loving. Right? Yeah, exactly. Good exactly. guy all around. Unlike Frank Costanza, who got mentioned in the, <laughs> by a couple of people, who is probably the dad on this list who I most resemble. Yells yeah. a lot, yeah. um, is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, Comes up with your own, you come up with your own holiday. I remember that. <laughs> exactly. My son, my son doesn't like me very much. 
Um, but uh, maybe maybe the most entertaining dad in this entire list is yeah. Frank Costanza. Um, so now we move into uh, the the what I'm calling the modern age. I didn't break it down uh, in the 2000s in the, into the aughts and the teens. I just it just from 2000 on. Um, and there are a lot of dads that got mentioned in this group um, from somebody like um, the dude Sandy Cohen on the OC, which I don't know if you watched, but he was an amazing dad. Another no, rich dude, just super laid back, cool dad to have around, but loving. Gave the kid from the wrong side of the tracks a chance. He was a good dad. He got Who, mentioned a couple of wait, times. Wait, who's this? The, the OC guy? That's Sandy Cohen on the OC oh, okay. played by Peter Gallagher. Um, that was a really good show for one season, and then it got really terrible. Um, the Bravermans. Did you watch Parenthood? You look like Peter Krause. Uh, Peter, uh, parent, wait, par Parenthood was in the 2000s? Parenthood, it, it might have been the teens, but I'm just saying I lumped the teens. It's past the year 2000 is the final category that we're going through from 2000. Oh, oh you know what? Now. No, I never I never saw Parenthood. No. So my wife, we watched it. My wife cried every episode. I think that was why she watched it. Like, This Is Us is like... I can't watch shows version. like that. That no, me move neither. me. No. I don't... I Yeah, I can't watch shows me. that are... They don't move just, me. They're just manipulative. It's just too much. Yeah, it's yeah. just too much. I can't So the Bravermans, um, there was like, I don't know, there was like 300 people in this family. They all had their own families they all blended together and they all hung out and like every saturday morning or wednesday morning they all got together for breakfast in somebody's backyard there were literally like 25 people having breakfast at like 8 a.m at a or before going to like a family swim meet i mean it's just absolute nonsense first of all the anger i just i feel <laughs> it just it's coming point, through the, the, point, the airwaves the digital waves i Peter love it krause's wife um she's a homemaker who used to like be like a right work on political campaigns and then she inexplicably runs for mayor and then the next season she opens a charter school and runs it all by herself none of this made any sense um but but adam braverman he did have a son who was on the spectrum um the show spent a lot of time with that which was pretty affecting it was a it was a well done and well acted show it was just way too much for me but a couple of people did mention him and then craig t nelson was the patriarch of the whole family and he was like a, a gruff vietnam vet who really right. actually loved everybody you wouldn't have known it you are oh, yeah. <laughs> um, somebody mentioned Frank Gallagher, which is William H. Macy on Shameless Showtime series. I've never even seen a minute of. Um, but I was once in a restaurant in New York and Emmy Rossum, who was one of the stars of that show, was there. So, oh, there you go. That. Yeah, good. Walter White, a bunch of people mentioned. I know you wanted to talk about him. Started his drug empire uh, yep. because he wanted to take care of his family. Things kind of mutated and got away from him a little bit by the end. But um, yeah. he cared for his wife and son until his uh, and his baby daughter until his, you know, evil side took over completely and subsumed who he used to be. I mean, is it or was he just trying to provide for his family? Come on. Well, let's get he, as, we, as, we, as we mentioned before we started filming, by the end of the show, he reveals his true motivations. It's just that he loved the, the rush of it and he was yeah. very good at it. You mean he didn't want to become a high school science teacher yeah. again? Yeah, that's okay. I well, was his motivations. Them. His motivations were actually fairly complex. If you watch the show from the beginning, but um, yeah, I don't know if would you say that the they best. were fairly complex? I don't know what you would call him the best TV dad. It'd be like calling, and this person did not get any votes. Tony Soprano, a great oh, TV dad. Okay, yeah. Not not exactly the best dad. Not the dad you want. Probably a dad right. in the mob. Right. Um, did not treat AJ very well. But to be fair, AJ AJ didn't deserve to be treated. Yeah. Very well, really. AJ was a doof. A couple people mentioned uh, 
Ned Stark from Game of Thrones, and I cannot. He brought oh his kids. God. He brought his kids to King's Landing. Well, and mention them in so what, what capacity? As yeah. best dad. Somebody what? was like, somebody was like, it, he was all about honor above all else. He was an idiot who got blindsided and led his family to the slaughtering grounds and let them get tortured over years of civil war that he helped create because he was so oblivious. And, you know, he thought he was doing the right thing. But in reality, he was getting outplayed. Yeah. By sorry, Tywin Ed. Lannister's daughter. Tywin Lannister got mentioned. The guy's a huge piece of shit. No matter what. Don Draper did not get mentioned. Not a good dad. I understand. Why I never I never watched that show. You never watched Mad Men? No. I, you know what? I watched like three episodes and I'm like, I'm going to get into this. Oh, I'm going to get into this. Once they just start, once something starts happening, oh I'm going to just don't. definitely get don't, into don't, it. And don't. then nothing happened. You're and a I was moron. like, okay. It is an incredible show. Yeah. It is an incredible show. And I almost can't, I almost don't want to talk about Don Draper as a dad. Because I'll spoil it for you and anybody else who's listening. Amazing show, amazing performance. Not a good dad. Um, at one point, his daughter walks in on him while he's literally um, in the middle of having an affair. Um, that's later on in the series. Not a good look for our man Don at that point. But nobody voted for him. Shockingly okay, enough, that's weird. A bunch of people voted for Red Foreman from that '70s show. Not a show I watched much of. Um, Red Foreman, hey dumbass! What, isn't that what exactly? He, he did not have a lot of tolerance um, for teenagers, which is what his son and all the kids around. So this were. is interesting because this is what I think. Um, you know, if we were to kind of break it down, what, what's the theme that we're getting out of the the two thousands? Like, so we've gone from the 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 doofus nineties into the two thousands, where maybe I guess they're a little bit more complex, a little bit more yes. Uh, sort of diversified. There's some good ones. There's some sort of really like evil ones, I guess, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would and then there's Peter Griffin. Uh, he, somebody, just, a couple people did mention Peter Griffin. They said well, he loves the whole family. Except he's Meg. just a doofus. Yeah, he yeah. is a doofus. A that doofus. is true. But, but also, yeah. if you think about it, again, Walter White's an interesting one because that's really one where if everything he's doing it initially is so that his he can pay for what has happened to him, which is, you know, supposedly, supposedly. At first. I mean, that, well, that's the initial motivation and things take a turn, but it is, it's very family motivated. In fact, even a lot of the, the, the speeches towards the end are all about, uh, this is all because I want us to be okay. And, da, 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 and it's very, so it's what I think is interesting is they're actually, they're leveraging the concept of that cons that that sort of paternal provider like uh, construct, and they're using that to to actually to tell one of the most incredible stories that we've seen. Yeah, but the show's not about him being a dad as much as it's about him being a meth kingpin. But if but if you think about <laughs> it, at the core of it. That's not what his desire is. His desire is to provide for his family at the at the very beginning. But there are a couple of times where he. Uh, has I would I would argue about. I would argue it's these it's the central core well, of. His. I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna disagree with you there. Okay, that. is that because your shirt's too tight, or because? Are you, you making fun of my beer belly? No, I'm making fun of the 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 your neck. Your the neck. ribbed for my yeah, pleasure. Yeah, yeah, your ribbed teeth. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So one more show, um, one more dad that got mentioned and a couple of dads on this show got mentioned. But clearly the, the, the main dad on the show is, is Phil Dunphy on Modern Family, um, which I watched, I think, the first season um, and then not much else since. And this guy is the epitome of the doofus dad. Yeah, like I never well meaning. I, I never got into the modern family. I mean, I, I like it's pretty good because the first season is kind of about the tension of in 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 the modern era. There's a there's a, a gay couple who's married and has kids. There's an old fashioned dad, which is Ed O'Neill, yep. um, Al Bundy. Um, and this is blended family, but where nobody quite knows what to make of each other. and Nobody gets along all that well. And then by the end of the first season, they have gotten rid of all that tension. And then they're all just, everybody just kind of loves each other and just becomes sitcom hijinks. Um, but Phil Dunphy the entire time is very funny. It was just the main reason people, people voted for him. They said he's very funny, but he's not a, really a good dad. He's around and he cares, but he's terrible and he's a doofus. And the wife runs everything on that show um, and the family and stuff. And she's just very type A and actually very obnoxious. Did not like her character much. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I, did, I never really watched it that much, but I did. I, I definitely got the vibe. I think I saw an episode or two, but he, I got the vibe that this guy was just like there for comic relief. To He's just, very funny. Like the actor. Be funny, but but be the doof, fill the doofus role. Um, and um, all right. So let me ask you this. What. Looking back on all the d- decades, what's your what do you reckon is the best decade the best decade, de- or but not best decade but like the well, most I think, I think interesting decade for for to be a dad i i think i have mentioned the evolution of dads and i yeah. think from father knows best to if you want to say phil dunphy right is right. is pretty stark um which goes in direct contrast to what the dad bloggers and the dad bloggers fear they're trying to do the opposite they're trying to get us have more respect not just as providers but as parents who are involved and well, this podcast is going dads, against the grain for that, yeah, for obviously. sure. But I think most of these dads, as as things progress, are very involved. Uh, they're just also doofuses, right? Um, some of them very much, like uh, Phil Dunphy. Um, my favorite... Give me a probably, decade. I loved the 80s just because that was when I was a kid um, growing up. But my favorite dad, who we haven't talked about yet, who I think is the best TV dad, um, which is maybe a little bit of a cheat, uh, was in the, the 2000 era. Um, and, uh, that's coach Taylor from Friday night lights. He's got a uh, daughter. He's got another young daughter. Uh, you, the show's not about him being a dad, but he's a very loving and involved dad. He's got a great marriage and he's a father figure to a lot of kids on the high school football team, right. including later seasons, Michael B. Jordan. Um, and he's just, he's just a super decent guy and he's caught up in the high stakes world of Texas high school football and he doesn't let it corrupt him. He doesn't let it corrupt his family values or his marriage or his relationship with his daughter. Okay, um, so this is like a just an imaginary person that you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, he does not exist. He does not exist. I do okay. have a crush on him, though. Okay, well, it sounds like it, and it sounds like it, not in like a platonic way, but in a very, very romantic sort of sexual... If he were an OBGYN, I would be in <laughs> You would visit him? <laughs> I dressed as him for Halloween once. Fun fact. Is that a fun fact? It is. Or is it just a reg- another regular fact? No, no, it's a fun fact. Birthdays okay. and Halloween facts are fun, inherently. Halloween? Halloween yeah. facts. Oh, you don't like Halloween? 
Uh, let me dress up. Oh, I forgot. You don't dress up on Halloween. Go listen. To I, do Halloween dress up. I do dress up. I do dress up, actually. Yeah, that's who? Did, Red Foreman? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, super obscure. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite decade? I'm, or who's I'm, your favorite decade? Okay, listen. Here's the thing. I didn't think this was going to happen, but I'm going to agree with you. I think the 80s we get this really kind of really interesting range of yes. of dads that's different from the doofus dads that we get in the 90s to also you know let's just so we get doofus dads in the 90s i feel like we get and i'm glad you brought up friday night lights because i feel like we also get really sort of deep dads in the 2000s complex, like things well yeah, like individuals on their own outside of their family yeah i mean quite honestly i again i think and i i'll you know want to definitely go on the record the the, the driving force for walter white's character one of the most oh, reprehensible things is the fact that he wants to be a provider to his family in in all stages of his yeah, but what's driving him is that he had a chance to cash in earlier and he bailed out and that whole that his ego is driving him even more so than why did they care of his Okay, so but I guess my point is is in that so, so my response to that would be his the you know if you're the Al Bundy type and you're 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 then here to provide your shoe salesman to provide for your family and you're you know the the sort of that horrible like characterization of what a wife is sitting on the couch and doing this things like that. That's the, you know, that's the antithesis of what, but trying to be, he's, he's like, I don't want to go back to being a high school science teacher. Cause I can't do that anymore. But and I think that but is really interesting because you're trying to like, as, as you know, you and I are going through our lives. We're trying to figure out like, how can we both provide for our families, but also, you know, have get away from them. But also not just be bitter dads like Al Bundy. But comparing, but comparing the main character in one of the best dramas of the golden age of television to Al Bundy <laughs> on a half-hour show on the fledgling yeah, network that's not super That's fair. how good this particular podcast is. You know, we're all over the place. We see the connections. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that I'm going to say the eighties. I think, you know, you have the Drummonds, you have, uh, Dan Connor, you have, uh, Cliff Huxtable. I'm going to, I don't care about Jason Seaver. I think he can go, um, you know know what, but shut up. Show me that smile again. Show me that smile. All right. So dude. Here's the top five as voted to by the Dad and Buried listeners, all right? Tied at number five, which I think is very appropriate, Danny Tanner from Full House and Al Bundy from Married with Children. <laughs> couldn't be more opposite, those two. They yeah. were tied. I'm not going to give you the we vote. couldn't numbers. be more opposite. They're both sort of like, well, Al Bundy's like a knowing doofus. He's like a whereas, whereas, failure. Yeah, whereas Danny Tanner is just a, like a... He's a tryhard. He's, no, he's just like a piecemeal not piecemeal it's just a bland yes super bland. one of the worst shows uh of all time full house yeah all right the only, well, maybe the only show worse was the recent netflix revival and i don't care who i'm offending it's absolute trash number four people are not afraid to separate the criminal from the character he played and the that's cosby show. 
Yes, number four. Executive producer of all the episodes. Number three. Sorry, sorry, go back. I think I spoke over that. So it's Cliff Huxtable. Cliff Huxtable is number four, yes. Number three, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince coming in hot. Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. I totally agree with Uncle Phil, guys. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Number two, Tim the Toolman Taylor, which is really... Number two and one have a lot in common in my mind, and they're not my favorites. Number two, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Tim the Toolman Taylor, that's weird. Okay. A big doofus dad. And number one, by far, and I, this may be recency bias, it may be because um, more of the people that listen to this are a little bit younger, that listen to our podcast or follow me on Instagram are a little bit younger. Number one is, is Phil Dumpy from Modern Family. Two big-time doofus dads at the top of the rankings. Okay. But then below them, two amazing examples of what we wish our dads would be like if Uncle they were. Phil and Cliff if, yeah, if they weren't like that. And yeah. then two wild cards, Danny Tanner and Al Bundy. Two douchebags. So Bob Saget in real life could not be more opposite from uh, his wholesome Danny Tanner portrayal. He he's, a, he's a dirty, filth comic. Dirty. He may even be less funny in real life than he is on Full House. In a totally opposite way. It's because <laughs> all he does is just say the dirtiest thing. Yes. Possibly think of. It's, yeah, it's just a, it's just not it's not great. Um, but yeah, well, look, look everybody who watched the Cosby Show loved Cliff Huxtable. He was a good time guy, and I don't mean it in the way Bill Cosby was a good time guy because that was not a good time. Listen, here's anybody. the deal: just don't get just go f- have plenty of coffee. Make sure you're fully awake and don't <laughs> don't go in the OBGYN den. All right. But also, we're joking, but the guy was—I mean, it's so horrible. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, what a what a real piece of shit that he turned out to be. Which yeah. is which in my mind. Okay, so you you, uh, think right. he, you think he should be disqualified? I I I actually do think because of that he probably should be disqualified, and that leaves in my mind. What's your number one? I already told you who my number one is. Coach Taylor from oh, Friday Night Lights. I'm an Uncle Phil guy all the way. He is the greatest. What a great... First of all, he takes in his uh, nephew from West Philadelphia, which is... Born and raised. Yeah, which is not an easy thing to do, especially yeah. if you're living in Beverly Hills. Bel Air. And, and you need to keep up, you know, you need to keep up, keep it up. I don't know. You know what? I think I might go with, uh, with Phil Drummond as my number one. Super rich guy. I feel like that's a real cop out. I don't. Okay, but he doesn't really do anything, doesn't he? I don't even know what his job is. Yeah, exactly. I know what Uncle Phil's job is. He's a judge. Yeah. And you know, this is is a complicated times. And you know, he walks us through. uh, You know, the '90s was a big like kind of. um, That was a that was a that was an important time too. Well, for us, sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was Stephen Keaton's job? Silk shirt, wearing silk shirts everywhere, jams. God, we had jams. everything going on. <laughs> my first introduction, introduction, jorts. Ew, what you're wearing right now? Please show everyone pineapple jorts. Just under, <laughs> just down here, everyone. Just cut off jorts. red jean shorts. Oh yeah, but listen, the pockets are at least six inches of pocket, yes. and just like. I mean, if you I'm describing if I'm describing my jorts, it's basically just the seams. Draw attention just, to the knees and the upper thigh. Yeah. What basically mean. what I'm wearing is the belt buckle buttoned. It's all seams and there's a zipper. And everything else is pockets. So 
There you go. You know who would who would you, of all the dads on this list who might wear that outfit? I would say Tony Maselli from uh, Tony Danza from Who's the Boss. I could see him <laughs> wearing that. You know what's funny? While we're recording this, a friend of mine texted me that they are bringing back Who's the Boss with Alyssa Milano and I presume Tony Danza for a yeah. revival. I don't know if it's I mean, a reboot or from, spinoff. Like from is he still around? I believe so. Yeah. You know what was funny? You mentioned Wilford Brimley earlier. Um, when 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 they revealed his age was eighty four, I was like, "Hasn't he been eighty four for thirty Like thirty four when he did <laughs> Like, what is the deal? It's amazing. It's I so mean, our what, producer the, Nate. what is going on? He had the opposite look. I mean, that guy was a grandfather for, his whole for a long time. Our producer Nate's favorite movie is John Carpenter's The Thing, which is like nineteen eighty one or eighty two. Wilford Brimley looks exactly the same in that as he did when he died <laughs> recently. And that was yeah. 40 years ago. He's been 84 for well, 40 first years. of all, by the that's one way to go, by the way. It like is. let's not let's not kid ourselves. Let's not you know, oh, you try and look young. Here's the deal. If you're 32, get right into it. Yeah. Start wearing cardigans. Well, you could do the Dick Clark route where you you, you know you look young for a long yeah. time. No, 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 no. Or, or you go the other way and you start wearing cardigans. Yeah. Um, you immediately grow a mustache that grows Gene gray. Hackman. Gene Hackman was another one. Always middle-aged, even when he was like 15. Mm. And he's still alive, by the way. 90, Gene Hackman. One of America's greatest actors. And isn't Sean Connery also still around? Yeah, so... He didn't always look old. You're just talking, you're just I throwing out guys' names. I think he did. We didn't. In like the James Bonds, he looks like Cary Grant. He's dashing. Yeah, but in James Bond, I think he was like 50. Well, never say never again he was, but that was like mid 80s. I knew, I just threw that <laughs> out there and I knew, like, I just knew you would pick that up and be able to just go from that. Look, so I've be got, like, well, you know, skill. in uh, 1973, he attended. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Next time, we're going to talk about best movie dads. It's way too broad of a topic. Uh, are we? No, I, think I don't know. We just cover it? Okay. We yeah. covered it all. I in the next, the next episode, we're going to talk about this episode, but just slightly different. Because <laughs> that's, we missed the kind anything, of, that's the kind of show this is. If we missed anything, message me on Instagram or any of my social media channels. Um, comment on YouTube. Leave us a review on Apple. Send us some money on Patreon so we can get Pete some more pineapple shirts. If you have um, any kind of feedback for me, just definitely like keep it to yourself. Um, don't express it. Uh, bottle it up. Turn it, criticism. Just put it put it in a little black box and just put it right in your chest. Like Why I did. don't they make the entire airplane out of the material that they make the black box with? This is that's the worst. The, the, <laughs> yeah, I hate this show, and this is no good. You. And okay, well there we go. On that note, welcome Mike, back. Pete. It, it has been happy. great as always. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. We won't see them; they'll hear us. Get it right.